have such a fit about those. So let me ask you this question. Should I cut off the pre-show banter or should I leave the pre-show banter on this show? I don't care. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Welcome to another edition of the Hashtag Miranda Show. I am your host, the Twitterless heroine herself, ring announcer to the stars, Miss Fancy Pants, the most professional podcaster, uh, the pop punk princess, and most importantly, the queen of soft style, Miranda Morales, here with you all. Yes, can I call myself the wild card at thechairshot.com? You can after today's show opening. Yes. Another you have nickname. Said, you've said a name on air now. Both shows this week that you have yet to say on air until this week. I'm confused. It's oh yes. Yes, very true. I did. I said I said a name that I don't typically say. And you've now said it on both but shows. To be fair. To be fair, the second time I didn't know that it, we were recording, whereas the first yes. time I, I did. The first time was intentional. The second time was not intentional because I did not know we were recording. But I offered you the chance for it to not be part of the show. And and we'll discuss that in post. Uh, as <laughs> as uh, as you, if, if we're going to pull an option, uh, option C here, uh, and pull a, a Greg and maybe just edit it in post. Why? Why not? Even though uh, I later revealed on the Greg DeMarco show what I edited out, I just—I'm just doing it to protect him. That's really what yes. it's about. It's not about me. It's about protecting him. True. Um, so, yeah. so you, the listener, may have no idea what the hell we're talking about. Of course, but do you ever? Like this again. This is. Uh, proudly one of the most random shows of the Chair Shop Radio Network, which of course, or anywhere you can find. Or of uh, anywhere uh, at thechairshot.com. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. To my credit, that time I clicked it on time. It took forever to start. Yeah. Normally, I'm just somewhere else and not there. Sure, pal. Uh, <laughs> you hear the voice of thechairshot.com. Always use your head. You were impressed too because that was perfectly timed. It really worked out well for yeah, once. It really Normally, it's like really in the good. middle of your thing, but you paused right when it started. Yes. That was that was good shit. I'm I'm, I'm learning. Uh, I'm I'm with the producer, co-host, uh, the unstoppable one, the kingpin of the chairshot.com. And if you didn't know, he's a wrestling promoter. 
Greg DeMarco. I'm here. I was trying to, I was trying to pick a sound bite, but sometimes you just have too many. You did. No, I saw your face. I and did. You look like, and it just, I was looking for happens. one that I haven't played in forever, and I'm shocked that I haven't played in forever because, well. This is such good shit. I haven't played that one enough, and, and I don't even know if I have it in your show. You should have list. done that. Okay, so are we disappointed that puppet Vince McMahon did not make an appearance on the Pat McAfee show? No, because I couldn't see that happening. Um, see, I'm disappointed that Pat McAfee does not have the Vince McMahon puppet now. Pat McAfee he probably needs wasn't to get watching when that happened. Like to be honest, it's a with shame. You. If you look at his, you know, in in his, you know his recording space, he has lots of tchotchkes, lots of things in there. I Too think much. he needs a, a puppet. He needs that. He should. Uh, he should. There's a now. lot of good sound bites that have not been getting played. Dave, it's me, Dave. Like like it's just like like the pandemic era sound bites have. have yeah. Oh man, he believes the pen the pandemic era is now its own era. Well, yeah, it was it's always like attitude, be just like ruthless aggression. Again, cinematic wrestling is gone already. As quick as it was here, it's gone. That's sad. Kind of is, and and I hope they find a way to bring it back, at least on the Peacock, yes. because somewhere, somewhere. Yeah. So we're here again, another week, another edition, and I'm throwing a swerve at you all. Uh, for this week's show, I'm going to be talking about AEW Revolution. I saw, you know, five eighths, uh, 75%-ish of the show. Uh, and I thought, why would I let the other 25% slash two eighths or whatever fractions uh, I still need to make up stop me and us from talking about it? Uh, me watching at least, you know, over 50%, uh, Greg watching none of it. So between the two of us, we'll be able to have such an in-depth and thorough review of AEW Revolution. We could talk about, we couldn't necessarily read the phone book on air, but we could literally talk about the evolution of the use of the phone book on this show and it would be engaging and interesting. So oh, yeah, cause we make I'm it damn worried. entertaining. Uh, but yes, and, and I'll even go into a little of the backstory of why did I start to watch it? How did I get into this? Because I typically don't watch AEW television. To be fair, I also don't watch WWE television. I don't watch Raw. I'll watch SmackDown when I can. Uh, I will watch NXT, um, but much more of the uh, condensed version on Hulu. So, to, you know, don't necessarily think I'm playing sides with, with AEW that I don't watch it uh, very often. Because, again, I, I don't do the same for WWE. I do have the Peacock uh, network. So that is why I'm able to watch a lot more WWE mm-hmm. content than AEW. But, you know, I, I try and be very objective. And with that, when possible, watch, uh, other shows, uh, to be able to give broad perspective and thoughts in the world of professional wrestling. Whereas I watched all three hours of Raw this week, as we established on the Greg DeMarco show. And, really enjoyed it thought it was a really good show and and i haven't seen that much negativity towards this week's raw on social media anyway but um it's just different when they're on the road to wrestlemania it's just different yeah wrestlemania builds are the best the road to wrestlemania and like the raw right after wrestlemania honestly typically on a weeknight or even on the weekends i am watching uh night late 90s mid to late 90s era wcw 
Um, that's, that's frequently in my house. We did have a change, um, where we were watching Attitude Era Ross, um, which is a rarity, uh, because my counterpart does not like those as much. Um, but randomly, of course, when I come home, he's watching them and I'm like, why are you watching these without me? Like, you know how much I like these and you're watching these without me? What? 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 Was there a response? Uh, there probably was, but I, I didn't care enough to remember them. We just kept watching. Um, but anyways, the point is, uh, that's typically what's in my house. So that's why I'm not watching even current day things, but you will get our thoughts on AW revolution. Even some of the bigger stories coming out of revolution. Uh, some of it that we've already alluded to earlier this week, or when you heard the Greg DeMarco show uh, earlier today, if you're listening to them on the same day, or maybe you're listening to these on different days. Still, who knows? just know uh, the multiverses of the hashtag Miranda show and the Greg DeMarco show does exist because we do talk about. It's not really a multiverse thing. though. I think we're in the same universe. We are in the same universe. True. But maybe there's slightly different versions of us on this show compared to the Greg maybe, DeMarco but show. it'd be a multiverse if like on one show, I hated AEW and on another show, I loved AEW. Or if on one show I was like Meltzer's an There's idiot, some, um, and then Miranda show, writes like, uh, that's that, true. That's the otherwise. This would be a good week to bust that out since I didn't watch Revolution. Yes. So yeah, this would be a great a great week for that. But who yes. knows? Who knows what will happen? As who we knows what will happen? Show. So we are going to be talking about AEW Revolution in just a little bit. But before we do that, Greg, we got some business to attend to. Do we? As always. What would you like me to do? Uh, Greg, I'm going to need you to wind it up. It's time! Yes, it is indeed time for you to go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot to pick up your very own chair shot t-shirt today. When you go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot, you're going to find a huge variety of t-shirts, including the OG chair shot logo, chair shot worldwide, multiple, always use your head shirts, even some of the new ones like the chair shot linear shirt and the nefarious means shirt, which uh, may summarize how I may or may have not watched AEW Revolution this weekend. Uh, it doesn't need neither here nor there because the focus right now is on ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot, where if you go there, you're going to find a ton of different t-shirt designs, which you can also customize with different t-shirt colors and, of course, different styles, which includes, yes, any t-shirt in soft style. That well, means you can order Everybody Hates Greg in soft style. That means you can order the Queen of Soft Style t-shirt in soft style. Yes. All of that at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. So what are you waiting for? Get your t-shirt today at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. That is ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. 
That's angrylemonade.net. Full gear! I'm going to do some real cowboy shit! Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Nice. So let's go a little bit of backstory about why I started to watch AEW Revolution. Because uh, I definitely was not intending to. But, you know, I kind of got my interest roped into it by my good podcast friend, Ty Asbury. Uh, he reached out and asked if I would be part of his AEW prediction show that we recorded uh, earlier on Saturday. And uh, within our podcast, which you can find if you find me on Facebook at the hashtag Miranda on Facebook, you can see links to that uh, AEW Revolution review that I filmed with Ty Asbury from Off the Top Rope. Um, really fun uh, session between the two of us, giving our thoughts on predictions of the main card specifically. So we didn't even touch the buy-in. Um, so that was how everything was still fresh on my mind. And as I was giving predictions, I thought, huh, I'm interested in seeing how my predictions went, especially because I was going with my gut with a lot of predictions, not necessarily uh, based off of more recent television watching. Um, and then, of course, I found, you know, the buy in and stuff and, and started with that. And, and when I got the opportunity to continue to watch, I said, you know what? I got not a whole lot going on. Might as well. Football's over with. So what else am I going to do on a on a Sunday afternoon slash evening? But watch AEW Revolution. Why the hell not? Why the hell not? So uh, you missed you missed the first match of the buy-in, right? I did, yes. So from all reports, you missed the only good women's match on the program. So that's good. Yes. Definitely the best, supposed, you know, out of the other two. Uh, so I watched from the second buy-in match all the way through the middle of the dog collar match. So I did miss the other three matches after that. So my summary, or really, it's not even summary, it's not even a recap. This is right. just my my our collective thoughts on certain things. Which Some really, your collective things. thoughts are our collective thoughts today. Yes. It's going to be, trust me, it isn't necessarily going to be super on uh, necessarily the matches, but I think some of these things will be presentation and even just character persona wise. This this is a perfect time for the reminder that podcasts are about personalities, not always about content. Oh, yeah. You're not listening because oh, we're so talking about Cause revolution. You guys think it's about content. Oh my no. god, you guys! You're not listening because we're talking so about revolution. You're listening because we're talking. 
Oh my god, you guys. That's like the sweetest. Um but no, yeah. Especially this show. Especially this show. No, sorry. Um so yes, so uh, watch, I, I'm still figuring out the math of exactly how much of the show I watched, but pretty much like it's still pretty lengthy, uh, compared to a lot of the shows. One thing I do have to mention about why I only watched to the point that I did was a, a bit of timing. You had the buy-in that was a full hour and then the full show was what, three hours? It felt, oh, it's I, gotta I be more than exactly. that. It, it was yeah. more than that because it had two, almost three hours of bell to bell wrestling time. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's a long day. It's a long day. And so I just I mean, personally. After you tuned out. So you tuned out halfway through the CM Punk MJF dog collar there match. There were still three more matches after that. There was four more matches after that. Four more matches. And those four matches totaled over an hour. Plus you still had 15 minutes of the dog collar match. Yeah. You. Yeah. Yeah. It's That's a, a lot. bit long. It's a lot. It's a bit much. And I would say the same thing with WWE. So uh, I'll be saying the same things for, for WrestleMania, even though it's broken up into two, you know, days. Luckily, Except last year's WrestleMania was literally two three-hour shows. Yeah. This year I have a feeling those shows might go a little longer than three hours. Yeah. Gut instinct. Going to four. Um, Not only they'll get to four. It's, who knows? But the point is... That was a contributing factor to this. I got burnt out watching some of this and, and even just some of my feedback about some of this. I think AEW is so fast paced, high action, which is great. Uh, you know, but I do feel like when you have that in succession, match after match after match for four hours, it's, you know, it, it kind of loses a little bit of its, of its wear for me personally. It's just a lot. Again, people were, were talking about, you know, Sting diving through three tables, which you didn't see, in the cool-down match. And I, in my brain, I'm like, they don't do cool-down matches in AEW. Like, no. That's not a thing in AEW. There's no – they don't got a popcorn match right here. So no. there's uh, – but let's get into some initial thoughts of this. Yeah. I'm going to start where I started to, and it literally was the entrance for Hook. Hook versus QT Marshall. The really big thing for me about this is – I, I say this in, in an endearing way, not in any way negative. I think if they really do capitalize on this, it will be great. But Hook is the Justin Bieber of pro wrestling right now. By yeah. meaning he has a look about him, an attitude that is young, that is nonchalant, that gets, you know, people, you know, to him. And he just reminds me a bit of Justin Bieber. Is yeah. Is that a bad thing? Like, you understand what I mean when I say about Justin Bieber, you know, like yeah. super successful pop star, you know, millionaire, you know, crossover, you know, uh, musician. I, I, you know, he really done everything. And I feel like truly they could capitalize on it. But I also feel like some of that ex- momentum, especially right after Hook debuted and even the mainstream press he was getting, I feel like that's diminished quickly. Like they didn't necessarily capitalize on that as best as they could. Well, yeah, because they don't – they're not good at that. They really aren't. Like they're they're only good at the hardcore fan base. So I love Hook. I've been been on board with Hook ever since he made his debut. 
from everything I've seen, actually, people have said he was exposed a little bit in this match. And, you know, having to work a five-minute match with QT Marshall. Well, which, and that's, you know, away. slowing him down. It was almost that the uh, the correlation that I heard about it was almost like a Goldberg-esque right. type of exposure where Goldberg wasn't built for long matches. And at this point, neither is Hook. He's really built for... But in AEW, five minutes is not a long match. But yes. in the grand scheme of things, Hook probably would have been better served to go out there against a tomato can and wrestle for 90 seconds. Mm-hmm. And people would have been satisfied with that because it's Hook. Oh, yeah, because Hook is about, again, an attitude, a persona. Again, that there is something youthful about him where, I was joking, where maybe WWE is going for maybe Instagram models and, you know, athletes. You have Hook, who's more of just like an Instagram, you know, F-boy. Um, and they got a they got a following of that too, you know. It's just a different side of social yeah. media, but people are drawn to sh- as shit to it. Yeah, they are. And Hook can be a star if they don't rush it, and I don't think they'll rush it because I don't think Taz will let them rush it. Um, and and I love Hook, and I think Hook's going to be great. I don't want to spend the whole show talking about Hook, but I also have said it a million times before, and I'll say it again. I, I also look forward to seeing Hook at WrestleMania someday because it's going to happen. Just an interesting, just an, you know, again, my my insight on it. I almost think though they kind of have to rush it because these types of things have a, a short lifespan with youth, their attention span. You know, granted, not to say that you you excel into the top right away, but finding enough footing holds, almost like when you're when you're rock climbing, finding yeah. a, a good footing to get to the next one to the next one and i feel like that is a little bit more time sensitive than the you know, big push what would be interesting about hook okay so and he didn't wrestle in college he played lacrosse in college but collegiate wrestling is is weird so you, you followed enough sports and, and work at a college you know what what red shirting is it's where you don't play for the first year you practice you do all that whatever college wrestling for years i don't know if they still do this was notorious for you wrestle for two years then you redshirt for a year, and then you wrestle for two more years. Hook could be very well served to have a redshirt year at some point. Like mm-hmm. he could be very well served to do all this, get his exposure, get all that, get injured. We're not on video right now, but I'm doing air quotes. Get injured, go yeah, off folks. for nine to 12 months, train, develop. Now that you have experience, because I think there's some value in getting some experience, then going off to train more. Because once you're in the ring, I think you can learn differently. Like once you actually mm-hmm. – and and this is where your, your your counterpart could probably come in and talk some more. But sometimes you just don't know what you need to know. Sometimes you are, don't even have the ability to really learn what you got to learn until you get mm-hmm. out there and do something. And I think that Hook can wrestle for like a year, then go away and train. Then when he comes back, can be that much better and that much more mm-hmm. more prepared to, to do that. Plus his dad – was famous. His best training that, that Taz does is called like quote unquote finishing school, getting you mm-hmm. to that, that last little bit that you need. So I think that that's where Hook could really develop. So I do think Hook could benefit from that quote unquote midterm redshirt year because, and, and that'll get him to, to, to go to the next level. But mm-hmm. I don't think they need to rush Hook because then that fan base would turn on him if they rushed Hook because and that and that's true because they've already kind of turning on Jade Cargill and yeah. and I could see them doing the same thing to Hook and I would hate that because I do think Hook 
has a hell of a future ahead of him. And when AEW eventually loses some stars, and they eventually will, it's just the way the business works, they might need Hook. And and yeah. they could and maybe Hook will be ready. So the next match on the buy-in was House of Black versus Death Triangle. This match was one where if you like high fast or high paced fast-paced, high-octane, you know, type of match you went for. But eventually, just like a lot of things, especially in trails matches, the rules went out the window, even though they didn't announce the rules went out the window. So some of that was very uh, agitating for it. It did what I think its purpose was to to elevate uh, House of Black. It looks like there's some kind of trajectory there. But it was your very kind of standard, you know, AEW type of match, which, again, is not – bad or good or you know whatever your opinion of it is or whatever type of match you see this it may not be your cup of tea but it was a bit challenging to follow and you know it at the end of the day it i i understand it served a purpose in elevating house of black but there was things within the match itself that kept undermining itself um just because of really no rules uh, but again, it wasn't set up that way, even announced that way. But it just. But hey, it, it, it Buddy Matthews is here, so we're good, right? AEW going to the next level. Here's what I don't like about this match, and it has nothing to do with this match. I really hate the fact that Pentagon Jr. can't just go be Pentagon Jr. and can't just go be Pentagon Dark. Like, I just wish he could use those names. Like, Penta right. Oscuro, or however you pronounce it, I'm sure I'm screwing it up. Oscuro, yeah. yeah is, that. look, I'm learning. It's been three years of, of being your friend. Own. Yeah, nah, no. Um, like, I wish he could just be Pentagon Dark. I really do. Like, like but, Tony yeah. Khan pays for the rights for all this music, all this everything. He can't pay somebody off so he can use Pentagon Jr.'s name? That's a whole other lawsuit, though, right? That's a whole, that's a whole... I don't, I'm not a legal expert here, but that's a whole other lawsuit. These things can all be resolved with money. And And if, yeah, if anything is showing, Tony Khan showing us is that everything can be fixed with money. Well, Well, but only the things that he cares about. Maybe Kimmy. And and which tells me that, again, I said that Pentagon should have been their first world champion. Shows what I know, right? Um, but whatever. Uh, but that, yeah, that, I guess that's my. T- I'll have random takeaways from every match. My first takeaway was that Hook should be, Hook should get a red shirt ear. And my takeaway from this one is that I really wish Pentagon could just be Pentagon Dark and Pentagon Junior. I'm gonna have random takeaways from every match now. Of course, that's our, that's what we're doing here. Uh, totally Eddie Kingston versus Chris Jericho. I really like this match. This I love the story with it. I love. I really like this match. I think this was a great match to start the main show, and I'm so happy Eddie Kingston got this win. I I feel like it was a win he needed to get. Um, I don't think you know Jericho benefited at you know didn't need this win at all. Um, and even played around at the end with Jericho not shaking Eddie's hand, still kind of playing on that level of respect. But I thought it was a really good match. They did a good job of telling a story in this, you know. This is the one thing when they tell when they can really put in time to tell a story, they they really do a fantastic job on it. And both of these guys have, you know, been wrestling longer than you know, some of the people in the audience have been alive. Uh and you know, can can do this with their eyes closed. They know how to tell a story. In, with just their their movements and their facial reactions and everything, their timing, all of that, these guys did. Uh, I just I loved it. Big fan of this match. 
Eddie Kingston is is I'm glad he ended up in AEW because he was never going to end up in WWE. And he almost quit the business so many times. There's a hell of an interview. You can go back and find it that Patrick and I did with him years ago where he talked about his demons and all kinds of crazy stuff. Like just a great, great interview. So um and you're right, like Jericho can lo- Jericho can lose a match, but is never gonna lose anything. He's Chris Jericho. Mm-hmm. And he'll finish yes. his career in WWE. I look forward to the day as my observation for this match. This is fun. I look forward to the day that Eddie Kingston is training wrestlers in Orlando, Florida. At the WWE Whoa, Performance Center. you're just cutting it in today. Like, today's just your day. He'll be life. fantastic, though. That's the thing. He will be a hell of a... He, five years from now, Eddie Kingston might be NXT's next William Regal. Yeah. I really think so. Screaming war games in his own yeah. way. That will be equally as exciting. Yeah. With Eddie you know, I do dialogue. think a bit of who he will be in another capacity is kind of like a Dusty Rhodes, being able yeah. to look at people and cultivate talent and have such a unique, uh, you know, way of viewing the wrestling business that he could look at someone and see something in them that maybe the, the you know, normal eye doesn't. In the territory days, Eddie Kingston would have been a huge star. Mm-hmm. Easily would have been a huge star. He would have drawn so many people into so many buildings and just hopped from territory to territory doing it. Like he's 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 a, a, would be perfect for for years gone by. Just just you know just just came along at the wrong time to really capitalize. I'm not saying he's successful now. I think you know he's finally got to make some money in wrestling by going to AEW. But man, if he were around in the late 70s and early 80s, dude would have been on fire everywhere as a heel. Would have just, he would have been inciting riots in Houston, Texas, or wherever. Like he just would have been. I love him. I that that's just Alpha and Omega. This the beginning and end of it. Um, like the match, thought it was great. Uh, up next, uh, Jurassic Express versus Red Dragon versus the Young Bucks for the AEW Tag Team Championships. Uh, another super face kind of crazy pace, you know, match. Uh, I, I understood to some extent the relationship between Red Dragon and, and the Young Bucks as far as, you know, uh, trying to have this alliance uh, against uh, Jurassic Express that really built up to kind of the precipice of the match itself where there was just so many distractions and, and things going against Jurassic Express. I've been kind of somewhat underwhelmed by Jurassic Express's uh, tag team championship reign. I do think it's because your previous champions have been just so strong that, you know, it set a pretty strong precedence. Uh, but uh, also to me too, you know, it just, there, there was a lot going on that made it really hard to follow. I mean, it's an AEW tag team match with the Young Bucks in it. Like it's going to yeah. be hard to follow. It's not going to make any sense because that's what they do, and and that's just what, what you're going to get. Um, I still can't stand the Young Bucks. I'm like I just can't. I just never. I just don't get it. I don't get the appeal. I, I get the appeal. I get the appeal for that fan base. I really do, actually. I, I shouldn't say I don't get the appeal. That'd be a lie. Um, but my real observation for this match. And I don't have they formed the Paragon yet, or they call the Paragon yet? Because I know that's what they've. No, they haven't. They're probably waiting for Kenny Omega to come back so the Paragon can feud with the Super League and all that. I miss the Undisputed Era. That's my observation for this match. Oh, I know. I really do. I miss him so much. This has been a depressing night for me between 
<laughs> randomly hear, playing. All you're doing the, is reminiscing about Adam Cole and the Undisputed Era. Because they were so good, and now they're gone. And no, I, I just, I if they get a run at the top of AEW, like truly do, I'll, 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 I'll follow it and watch it. The problem is their feud with the Super Elite will probably be a mid card feud because their guys will be in the main event and, and whatever. But I, uh, yeah, I just, I miss the Undisputed Era so much. Yeah. I get they just couldn't continue to exist the way NXT was going, yeah. and it would have worked on the main roster. Like, leave the memories alone. I just, I just miss it. Uh, we have the uh, face of the revolution mat ladder match: uh, Orange Cassidy versus Ricky Starks versus Powerhouse Hobbs versus Keith Lee versus Christian Cage versus Ward Lowe. I think the right person won in this with Wardlow getting the win. I truly do feel like, again, they are slowly building new faces, uh, you know, to a, a new level. I think as, you know, we saw later on in the night too, Wardlow is making his own path now. And I feel like he has enough momentum for much more of this baby face push. Um, you know, I do think this was almost like a coming out party as well for a Keith Lee, Orange Cassidy, always in these matches, the standard, um, Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs, uh, were really good in this match. Christian Cage just continuously though feels somewhat out of place for me now. Cause he is. Like it just. He doesn't belong it's, there. It's sad. It's just sad. I don't know why. It just, I hate feeling this way. I shouldn't feel this way, but I do. He should have signed with WWE, like he should have. And and after his Royal Rumble return, which is the only reason he's even in AEW at this point, like if that surprise return never happened, he wouldn't be there. He doesn't fit. He doesn't fit at all. Um, the right guy won the wrong thing. That's my observation for this match because that brass ring is stupid. Find something well, else to hang from the ceiling. Okay, I get it now too. I mean – I, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. But and no also, one has yet to win the brass ring and actually do anything important with it. You know, so that's a part of the problem as well. But I do hope that with Wardlow they do something. But again, where? Like once he feuds with MJF and goes over, then what? Like what do you do with him? Mm-hmm. Because – and look, he only won this. He's only having the feud with MJF because WWE is interested in him. Mm-hmm. And I think all we're doing is delaying the inevitable. Their roster is so loaded and so top-heavy with XWB talent. What can they do with Wardlow long-term? Like, that's I mean, my, I think they, my concern. They do have to eventually build him. I think they could build him into a world title contender. You know, I do feel right. like eventually you're going to have to start doing that with this, you know. So he's Lance Archer. Rep- just probably they won't mess it up this time. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, I'm trying to, you know, think of of the silver lining. I mean, this is for an opportunity for the TNT championship, which again, Mm -hmm. too, I do think that now having a mid card belt, uh, that is, is something that is a little bit more easier to, end up, you know, changing belts, whereas the world title, I think, was just, you just knew whoever was going to, to yeah. face who wins it is just not going to win it. So are you going to put it on him? Is he going to win the, the TNT championship? Why not? Why can't he win the TNT championship? Oh, I agree with you. Then what do you do with Sammy Guevara? I don't know. Do something else. Like, Sammy, Sammy will survive. Sammy will do something else. Sammy, you know, will 
I, I don't know. Still be good on social. I, I, I don't necessarily know, but I do feel like Sammy at one point won't need the belt. I don't think he needs the belt for that long, to be honest. Yeah, it just, it just, like, I just, they just got so much talent, and and, and it's yeah. just like, it's just weird. I don't know. It's it's interesting. Yeah. I I love Wardlow though. I kind of hope he does end up in WWE because mm-hmm. he does fit their mold a little bit more. Um. This is the first like what I've seen of this match, and what I saw uh, on and I watched the, the 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 match itself. I watched it on YouTube, but I saw what Keith Lee did on on Rampage on Friday. I now finally am in the Keith Lee got fat and lazy category, like I am. He's not the same wow. Keith Lee that was in WWE. He's definitely not the same Keith Lee that was in NXT. And and you know it's interesting because AEW's nice. AEW is. Friendly. AEW's happy. Adam Cole goes there and becomes a skinny wimp. Keith Lee comes there and becomes a fat slob. Like, there's no pressure to excel and really step your game up in AEW. They're more, what they're selling to talent is come be who you are. Come be who you want to be. Come wear a stupid Halo outfit to the ring, even though you're the Panama City Playboy. Come do all of these things. It's okay. We'll just keep drawing the same fans we always draw. And when they go away, so will we. That's what seeing this version of Keith Lee does to me. Like, that's what seeing this version of Adam Cole does to me. Like, it makes me sad because I love these guys in NXT. And, like, okay, Keith Lee was literally getting choked out by J.D. Drake on Rampage on Friday night. Mm-hmm. Bearcat would have destroyed J.D. Drake in 90 seconds. But in AEW, we got to let J.D. Drake get some offense in, even though we're really still established. Well, they don't establish Keith Lee because Keith Lee comes in an established name and everybody in their family already knows who he is. Yeah, but, that's already. But hopefully, and, and like Keith Lee, look, he got married. He's hanging out. He made his debut one on his honeymoon. But I'm sorry. Like I literally sent out a thing and I'm just like, what is everybody's criticism of Keith Lee right now on Twitter? And 99% of the replies I got was a gif of somebody saying fat. Mm-hmm. And and I don't agree with you the this notion that we can't body shame in wrestling because wrestling is an aesthetic business. We're not body shaming. We're pointing out something that's part of the business. Aesthetics is a thing in professional wrestling. It is an, mm-hmm. an aesthetic business. But – Keith Lee is also wrestling like somebody who's further and further falling out of the shape he needs to be and have a successful career. Mm-hmm. And I think he might end up being a bust overall. I just that's just my fear. It really well, is. again, you know, I think with with AEW, it's going to take more of a rarity for someone to shine through because of the saturation that they have within their roster. It's going to be incredibly hard for anyone, to be honest, to really peek through. I think he's going to be Andrade level in AEW, and that's mm-hmm. it. And I hate that because I love yeah. Keith Lee. But the more and more I learn about Keith Lee and the more and more I hear about Keith Lee, the less I love him. Up next, we have the AEW TBS Championship match, Jade, Jade Cardgill versus Ty Conti. Uh, first off, I just love Jade's gear. The Mortal Kombat uh, reference was really good. Uh the start to that, and and I mean this in the nicest way, my first reaction to how that match started, especially with the kiss, I my mind flashed to um, HLA. 
And it's because I don't get it. I because I don't I don't necessarily get why that happened. What's really funny is if Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair starts that way. Oh, Jesus. The world will explode about how terrible it was. Jesus. Right. Just just, just the thought of it. I can't. I, I, I legit cannot comprehend that. I cannot comprehend that. I, right? I, I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. And I don't, I don't – Jade Cargill shouldn't be TBS champion yet. She's I not mean, there I, yet. I do feel like her star power is there. Yeah. I think she is someone who um, – and it happens in WWE where the star power doesn't necessarily match up with the athleticism quite there. But I do feel like she is a prime example of being a homegrown talent. They did a lot of the right things to get her to this point. I just feel like there's still unsureness of who she is. And I think in comparison to a lot of stars right now with a Bianca or a Becky, even a Charlotte, there's much more of a clear identity on who they are. And with Jade, she's incredibly, you know, uh, great in physique. Um, whereas I think some people who are much more born at athleticism, that translates a lot better in the ring than what we see right now in Jade. But I also feel like she gets being a character. I think it's really honing in on what that looks like for her. I do feel like there's been some really uh, cool costume choices as of late. Her big uh, money uh, silver suit was, you know, kind of... uh, modeled after Jim Carrey's Joker uh, from Batman. I think the Jade, I feel like there's things within the color green and Jade and money that could hone into it. But I feel like there still needs to be a lot more fine tuning um, of it in order to be able to then kind of bypass maybe some of the growth that still needs to happen in the ring. Like, I feel like if you have such a great, strong personality, you can kind of forgive a little bit more of, of maybe those missteps in the ring. Um, But I do see, you know, I do think that there is growth every time. I do feel like there is momentum going in the right direction. And I think for, Ty Conti, you know, she's in the the best place that she could be in. I do think she's always going to be the chaser uh, and never necessarily a winner. Um, But that's, again, too, you need to have those chasers. You need to have people to chase belts so that you, you know, really have, uh, you know, uh, contenders for your championship. But, you know, I I still love the idea of Jade. I do like Jade. I do feel like she is one of the AEW success stories. But it's still so much fine tuning that I think that still needs to happen. And I think it's more with Jade's persona. Who is she trying to be? How does she intimidate people to the point where is it going to be more psychological or is it going to be more physical? Because right now you kind of have to distinguish those two. She hasn't quite evolved into a persona yet where she could do both. And I feel like that kiss was more supposed to be maybe a psychological game, which I, I get, but that's not who she is. She's much more of a flamboyant, uh, right. And then she goes and tweets person. that Tay Conte has the softest lips, like, and that fits into nothing. Like it really, yeah. Doesn't so it's just make sense. very discombobulated. She and and here's what here's what's going to take, Miranda. And hopefully this happens someday. Right now she doesn't get it. She doesn't get what wrestling is yet. She doesn't get how to be a character. She doesn't get how to sell. She doesn't get the business just yet. If she does, and when she does, it'd be huge. It really will be. And I think she has that, that potential. 
she is a prime example of why I wish Tony Khan could book women's wrestling more than we want a title. Because she'd be better serving storylines outside of the titles, but those don't exist in AEW. So we can't. Like, like, like we're lucky to even have three women's matches on this card that we, that we had anyway. Um, and, and so that, you know, just, just kind of brings that up. But I, uh, my major point for this match and, and the biggest thing I'm taking away from this one, cause you know, again, I've had different points for everything. I do think that Tay Conti is in the perfect place. I don't think she was ever even going to get to this level in WWE, especially you look at like what Zaya Lee's been able to do or even Aaliyah on the main roster. Like that's hit or miss. Tay Conti couldn't even get to that level in NXT and, and AEW has allowed her to do that. I'm glad she ended up in AEW and mm-hmm. I, I can sit here and tell you a million people who are going to go back to WWE. And maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think she does. I think she does this, and then when this is over, she goes off and does something totally different, and and kudos to her if she does. But I'm glad she ended up where she ended up. I think it's the best thing for her. I wanted her to win this match. I knew she wasn't going to, but I wanted her to win this match because I think she's got a lot of potential, and she's grown into it. And she's another example. She's been there longer. She's still growing, and 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 because she's not this hot name like Jade Cargill, she's given time to get to that point. Um, I view her a lot of the, Jade Cargill a lot of the same way that I view Hook. Like, mm-hmm. it, don't rush it so much because the potential is there to be a mega star, and she is one of their few homegrown stars. They have more than you think, but um, but she truly is a homegrown star, and hopefully that can continue because yeah. she's got a lot of potential. But again, whenever she eventually loses the TBS championship, then what happens? That's the hard yeah. part about it. Mm-hmm. Up next, the dog collar match, CM Punk versus MJF. So I know you have a, a not – well, it's a take on CM Punk's entrance uh, because that was one. First off, though, I did love how MJF trolled uh, fans with CM Punk's music and then coming out. I love all the little and big ways MJF trolls fans. I feel like he wakes up every day and finds the littlest thing he can do to annoy people and it works. And I just uh, so wholeheartedly appreciate that. Now, granted, it was for a bigger purpose as we'll get into the theme songs, but I, I, just it's just a, a chef's kiss, a kudo to MJF that I love all the ways that he annoys people. I, w- I want to see if this even works. Let's see if I can. I found a video. I don't even know if it's going to be. Mm-hmm. It just, it's not. I fast forward to see what we get to. Here. Let's see, like you can tell the fans know what's going on, and I know MJF did spoof the entrance, which kind of I think gave things away. It was. I mean, I mean, it's not even everybody singing along with it. Like you hear a guy in the background of the video. What song is this? Um, it's not working, so I'm gonna close it. But it, it's like I love that they did the entrance. I really do. Um, I, you know, was went to Ring of Honor shows. Now, when I went going to Ring of Honor shows, he had already started using Cult of Personality. Um, <laughs> And, and, and that's it. And then, and then the Ring of Honor fan base minute. And this doesn't equal what some of the entrances were like in Ring of Honor. It really doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I know everybody wants to tout it as such and that's because it's AEW and it's a lot of those same fans grown, but 
And even watching it, like one thing that AEW doesn't do very well is like well, the video I saw was a live video somebody took. They didn't even dim the lights in the arena. Like, no. what are we doing here? Like, like. Well, I, that's storyline wise. I want to give this credit. You may not. You may think I'm giving it more credit than it deserves, but I think in the story of MJF and CM Punk, I love how this got Punk to a different place, that he had to dig deeper into himself and his soul and what made him love wrestling. And it and yes, it could be topical because of the whole Ring of Honor yeah. thing, but it goes back to a time when he loved wrestling and he, you know, always notes Ring of Honor being that place and being a, a going really deep, a deep dive into himself to a place past where MJF was, was knocking at him, you know? Oh, yeah, so yeah. I, I think that that was such a great way of bringing that full circle, just not only with the music and the entrance, but with the gear, all of it, all of it. it, it I do yeah. also, go ahead. It works. It worked for Edge at SummerSlam mm-hmm. with the Brood entrance. It worked for Seth Rollins at Royal Rumble with the Shield entrance. And it worked, which is, uh, and look, I'm sorry. Okay. Edge SummerSlam, Seth Rollins, Royal Rumble, CM Punk Revolution. Okay. Rank them. CM Punk's in third place. <laughs> yes. CM Punk comes yes. in third. Edge is second. I'm going to say Edge is second and Rollins is Edge first. Edge is second and yeah. Rollins is first. But that's Rollins hard though because Edge so was so damn good. That's true. I and think, Edge, oh, Edge yeah. won't do it at WrestleMania but because I just, he's I heel. think the way Seth did it, so grinning, so just, just yeah. uh, like that, that's what t- puts it on Like Punk literally me. acted like CM Punk from Ring of Honor. Yeah. Edge acted like the brute Edge. And he didn't make, like once he got off the ramp, he then did his thing and his new music kicked yeah. in. So that I think is, is, and I know it cost Gangrel a spot in AEW supposedly because he was going to come out like the next weekend or whatever. But Rollins, yeah, like, like he, he was still modern day Seth Rollins doing the shield. And just like, now I want to go back and watch it just because it was yeah, so amazing. So good, so good. So and the look good. on Roman's face, I mean, again, masterclass. And, but so good. And, and, and I, you know, if it was reversed and Punk's entrance came before Edges and Rollins, you know these fans would be claiming that it was Punk is the reason why these guys did it. But no one will tell you that Rollins or Edges' entrance had anything to do with Punk's because that's it. I think we talked about on the Great DeMarco show and what you were getting at. CM Punk's an asshole. Like he just is. And the way he treated that fan who, who had questions about why it was such a big deal, basically berating him for not knowing – which is really stupid because Ring of Honor was not that big. I was there. I was at those events. Um, it, it just wasn't like that tarnishes it for me because instead find a, send a, send this guy a YouTube video of one of your entrances in Ring of Honor. Like go the extra mile because it was spirited. It was special when he was doing it in Ring of Honor. And, and it just, yeah, I just feel like, again, you just think something's bigger than it is, and he almost feels insulted. I do think, though, based on how he responded to that fan, I think this was entirely CM Punk's idea and maybe fell a little bit short because you did it in Orlando. Like, do that in Chicago. Yeah. And it will be much different. 
or do it WrestleMania weekend and it'll be much different. He did it in Orlando where not everybody knows and I can tell watching And it's that not video, yeah, it is not and, the same. And maybe Devil's advocate here. Mm-hmm. Maybe I think he was on the defensive because he's so much more used to fans being condescending about this. Right. Uh and granted you're limited in characters, so you don't know I think if this was an actual question that was asked to him verbally, the response would have been different. Oh, but, yeah, you're right. Uh, you know, the, the way that maybe he was reading it in his mind was one of condescending, like, I don't get it. What's, you know, instead of, no, I don't, I don't get it. What do you mean? You know, like those are two very different tones. Again, devil's advocate, but the way that it, the response was so short and it was, uh, one where it was like, how could you not know? There's a lot of AEW fans who don't know any of his work in Ring of Honor, who, who have never seen a Ring of Honor match or yeah. anything like that. Yeah, they so, know him because of WWE. Yeah. And that bothers him too. Like, it really mm-hmm. does. It, that yeah. might bother him more than than anything else, to be honest with you. It bothers him that he's famous because of WWE. I think it really does. I don't think he'll ever admit it. He might admit it. He's kind of admitted it without admitting it anyway. Yeah. You know, to tell me you're bothered by your fame in WWE without telling me you're bothered you're by your bothered. fame in WWE. Look at all of his comments over the past two weeks. Yes. Um, but despite all that, and despite the fact that MJF is the star on the rise and CM Punk isn't, I think the right guy won. No. Very, very true. This was who I predicted to win. Um, and I think that it, it made sense to win at this uh, particular level. I don't think MJF loses anything, no. you know, from from losing this match. I think it would be worse all. if he won. I really exactly. do. Because he's going to go into a feud with Wardlow. Yeah. What, what good does beating Sam Punk do? Not only that. I, I don't even know what pay-per-view is next. For, for the, oh, it's, it's all out, right? Yeah, all out. CM Punk should be Hangman Page's challenger at All Out. Mm-hmm. And he should lose there. And Hangman Page, he should put Hangman Page over clean. One, mm-hmm. two, three in the center of the ring. Because we gotta save Hangman Page's title run because he's another homegrown star. And, yeah. and I think they've, they've, they've botched it and they're on the road to recovery at this point because we should have people in major sporting events screaming cowboy shit. He should be a mainstream star just off that, that phrase yeah, alone. That's not catching on as, as good and it, as it And if can he were be. in WWE, it would be all over the place. Mm-hmm. It would be all over the place right now. He'd be on Fox because of it. But he's not. Um, he might be someday. Who the hell knows? But I, but I do think the right guy won. I think Punk needs to go on and, and, Put over Hangman Page, and and I think that now we set up things up for Wardlow, and and that Punk was bleeding like twenty seconds into the match, though. Like that's mm-hmm. it's a dog collar match, I get it, but that's oh, where, you know, too, the white, the the gear yeah. itself was was made specifically to of color. Of course, and he's worn the white before in Ring of Honor, especially and in of WWE. Of course, but specifically, oh know, yeah, just, that just, was just the little things, just the hundred percent. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, it, it's yeah. been done before. Um, that that's it's it's why you do it. Um, I just, I this is this is why you limit your fan base. A match like this, this does not appeal to the mainstream fan anymore. It just doesn't. Blood like this doesn't appeal to, you know, getting to the the level of audience that watches Raw or SmackDown. It just doesn't. And 
That's why I've long said they're not trying to grow. Because if they were trying to grow, I don't think you do this type of a match anymore. I just don't. Um, and that's why I think it's limited. I really do. That's why I think it's in 2022, a bloody dog collar match just doesn't work. In 1984 at Starcade, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it does. Is. But now I just, this ain't it, man. This ain't it anymore. It really isn't. And I'm not knocking it. I just think it's, it's, you're going to stay at this level with stuff like this. You really are. We are going to be taking a quick commercial break. So we're going to go ahead and let's pay some bills. This is your boy Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. So, a few final thoughts on AW Revolution, the things that neither of us saw. Uh, but of course, know about, uh, quick hits, uh, regarding some of the other aspects of the card. William Regal in AEW, uh, breaking up the fights, uh, the no contest between, uh, Brian Danielson, uh, Daniel Brian Danielson, uh, and, uh, John Moxley. You want my thoughts on it? Is that what you're, yeah, wanting? yeah. You're wanting? So. Where is it? There it is. I asked you a Dean question, son. fucking Ambrose. I mean, I'm sad that William Regal is about to become a novelty act. I really am, because I love William Regal. Mm-hmm. Um, if he somehow gets involved in this weird faction that we might be forming with Daniel Bryan Danielson and John Dean fucking Ambrose Moxley, I, which is almost like Johnny Nitro Morrison Mundo, um, what is he now in, in, in AAA? Like Johnny Lucha or something? I don't even know what he calls himself now. I don't remember. Yes. Johnny Entertainment or something. I can't remember. <laughs> um, I don't know. But, um, I just, I have hope for it. I know they're going to try to pigeonhole William Regal in the next year to screaming blood and guts. Games. Of War Games! War Games! War Games! And it's just not going to be the same when he does it. And, and, um, like I said, Eddie Kingston someday screaming war games is going to be more impactful than William Regal someday screaming blood and guts. It really will be, but I think it's a signing just to have a signing. I really do. Um, but that's what a lot of these signings are. But if the, I know Daniel Bryan Danielson's firmly behind it and I'm going to assume that John Moxley is firmly behind it. So I do think it still has a chance. But uh, I'm suspect. I, I go into almost everything AEW suspect, and that's probably you a do. flaw. You do. You and, go and in a little skeptical. I, I mean, do. I do think that it's a better utilization of William Regal than putting him in another role, putting him with two people that he has a history with, and whether it's a mediator, whether it's someone who can call things down the middle, whatever it may be, I do think it's a much better use of him than what they would do in a in another yeah. role. I mean – AEW, they've not, I don't think Tony Khan has ever said this, but they're obviously purposely doing everything they can to not have an authority figure. 
just because WWE does have authority mm-hmm. figures. And so they're doing everything they can to not, although NXT doesn't and it, it's working out just fine. But I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm still open to it. Uh, I'm still, you know, cautiously optimistic is the best way to put it. But I like William Regal. Um, I love William Regal and I actually love all three of these guys. I love Daniel Bryan Anderson. I love John Dean, Ambrose Moxley. I think it's all great. And, and, it sounds weird on paper, but it could really work out, and I'm open mm-hmm. to it. Last thing I want to ask you about, you've alluded to it a few times already. Oh, no. I know, but it's my show, so I have to make you talk about it. Adam Cole. I... Joked, but not joked, about how now Pat McAfee has a WrestleMania match in which Adam Cole has none. Pat McAfee's having a WrestleMania match before Adam Cole, which I don't think we all ever suspected that would happen. Um, and uh, from what I recall, you weren't a big fan of Adam Cole's uh, entrance attire? It just doesn't fit. Okay. It doesn't fit my view of Adam Cole. Mm-hmm. It does fit. It's it's just I, okay. And and this is and and I've coined this phrase in my head, and I haven't used it publicly yet. I almost used it during the Greg Demarco show. It just didn't fit because I've been trying to figure out what AEW is. I really have because we've asked that question before on this show on a lot mm-hmm. of shows. Like, what is this? And I realize what it is. It's video game wrestling. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Look at the spots, look at everything, look at the fact that nothing means anything anymore to them. Like they hit 14 finishers and kick out at two. Like it's just what they do and nothing means anything. And that's a big part of it. And I'm sure that would drive your counterpart crazy if you were to sit there and watch it with you because uh, of what they do and how nothing. And and, and his defense, he watched a good part of this with me, yelled most of the time. Good. Yeah, he should have. I mean, hated it, uh, but did watch it. I. And again, it's 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 video game wrestling, and I don't like video game wrestling, and that's on me. And I'm 100% I will own that completely. And Adam Cole wants to be a video game wrestler, and it's like the the experience that I had, you know, when when I went through this is, you know, he's just a guy, and that's all he ever really wanted to be. And and I just have to deal with it because he's not who I want him to be, but he's who he wants to be, and I can't fault anybody for that. I selfishly want to go back to the days of NXT when he was on top of the world because, like I said on the Greg DeMarco show, he peaked. But coming out as a video game character, even seeing it, like it looked out of place, even seeing his head on top of this body wearing the Halo uniform, it's like – like I can see it when Kenny Omega does it. I can see it when the Young Bucks do it. I can see it when the New Day does it. It makes sense when all those people do it. It – it. Uh, Jade Cargill, I don't know enough to know if that makes sense, and it's more of an inspiration on the gear and whatnot. I can't see it when Adam Cole does it, and I think it's because – I, you know, it's weird. And I also think this. like Stone Cold Steve Austin is your favorite wrestler, right? Yes. Stunning Steve Austin is not. No. The ringmaster Steve Austin is not your favorite wrestler. Stone yes. Cold Steve Austin is your favorite wrestler, right? Yes. Undisputed Era Adam Cole is my favorite. Is your favorite, yes. 
And I think we have to do it because, because I don't, because I think that applies to a lot of people and a lot of things. I think different versions and different character iterations, you know, uh, same thing. If you look even at the undertaker, there's some people who are much, you know, more, maybe, uh, you know, uh, original. Uh, mean Mark Callis is nobody's favorite wrestler. Mean, yeah. Mean, nobody likes Mean Mark Callis. But you The know? Undertaker is. NWO Sting is nobody's favorite wrestler, but Sting is some people's favorite wrestler, right? I don't think Diesel is anybody's favorite wrestler. People love Kevin Nash. Like it's, you know. Yeah. Now, Scott Hall might be an exception because people love Razor Ramon and they loved, you know, Hey Yo. But. I think we don't really have favorite wrestlers. We have favorite personas and favorite characters. Mm-hmm. But we don't like to say that because that sounds a little too WWE, doesn't it? To say that we have favorite characters and we have favorite personas. But Undisputed Era Adam Cole is my favorite wrestler. And I have to own that because this isn't that. And I can't compare the two things. That's not even fair to Adam Cole. Not that he gives a shit. But it's not. It's not fair to Adam Cole. No. Yeah, because cause this is a new iteration, a new version of Adam Cole. In, and, in and new, you know, I would say like it's him. one he likes better, but he talks fondly about his time in NXT all the time. Yes. I think, I and I think, think he would, wishes. We wouldn't have current this Adam Cole if it wasn't right. for NXT Adam Cole. We couldn't have modern-day Adam Cole if it wasn't for the one-time greatest wrestler walking God's green earth, Adam Cole. But – and I honestly think he wishes it could have continued, but he knows it couldn't mm-hmm. have. Because NXT changed and it just wasn't going to happen on the main roster. So this is the next best thing. And I agree that this is the next best thing. And I agree that he's in the best place for him to be because it wouldn't have worked on the main roster. It just wouldn't have. Especially – and it would have broken my heart if he were freaking released when Karrion Cross and Keith Lee were released. Adam Cole is better than Karrion Cross and better than Keith Lee. And deserves better than Keith Lee and got better than Karrion Cross and Keith Lee. And his main eventing pay-per-views that they may never main event. Maybe they will someday. Who knows? But I just seeing that picture on Twitter of him in the gear and, and that whole thing, I was just like, wow, like, wow, wow. I, I just can't. But it is. Remember, it is. Yeah, we can remember him the way he was, maybe not necessarily the way he is. Thank God for the WWE Network. Thank God for Peacock because yes. every takeover is yes. on there and I can still watch mm-hmm. all those matches. Because he was a brilliant performer and still is, but now he can have the matches where the moves don't mean anything. And it's what he wants to do, and that's what it is. And and this is this is this is, these two shows have turned into Greg DeMarco's Adam Cole therapy sessions again. And they weren't supposed to, and here we are. But oops. Sorry, not sorry. But it's no, important to no talk about to these it. things. Yes, there's no yes, oops to no, it. Because it's, no it's entertaining. Um yes. But also, you know, just just the way it is. Well, that has been our uh, random thoughts of AEW Revolution uh, between someone who watched about seventy-five to eighty percent of it and someone who watched none of it at all. I think we gave a pretty good, you know, good analysis of, of our opinions of it. So that's what you get on the hashtag. This random is such show. good shit. Uh, do not forget to follow us on social media. Me, Miranda Morales. You can find me at the hashtag Miranda on Instagram and Facebook. No Twitter. But you can follow Greg on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at ChairShotGreg. Uh, also, you can follow ChairShot Media uh, at uh, ChairShot Media uh, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. 
Uh, follow us. Let us know what you think of this week's shows. Also, if you are listening to this on one of your favorite podcast platforms like Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, and more, subscribe, rate, and review. Subscribe and get notification each and every time a new episode of the Hashtag Miranda Show drops. Leave us a five-star rating and a review. Let us know what you think of the show, your thoughts on Revolution, on Adam Cole, do you have, I mean, I think it's a, it's a great concept that, you know, we don't necessarily always like wrestlers per se, but maybe certain personas. Um, the wrestler's part of it. The, the wrestler yes, is part of it. Yeah. I wouldn't love Undisputed Era Adam Cole if Adam Cole wasn't doing it. Yes. That's big part of it. But at the same time, it's, it's, there's a combination, there's other factors than just who it is. And when the right character meets the right performer at the right time with the right company and opposition it is magic and the thing that makes magic magic is that it can't always happen then it wouldn't be magic anymore and unfortunately that magic is gone could it happen again possibly it might when they feud with kenny omega and the young bucks no because the moves won't mean anything again but if he feuds with brian daniels daniel brian danielson or john moxley those guys get it and i think those will be outstanding and i kind of hope that Whatever faction they're building can feud with the Paragon. I would love that way more than I'm going to love them feuding with the Super Click. Well, the Super Click would be dead. It'll be back to the, the elite, whatever. But I, I would, I'd be down with that completely because that to me would be entertaining. And they would, because those guys are in it, especially with William Regal involved, mm-hmm. you know, that shit's going to mean something. So yeah, I'm down. I, uh, I'm down completely. Yes. But again, we digress. But <laughs> when don't we digress? Yes. Make sure you uh, check out thechairshot.com for the Chairshot Radio Network. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Thank you so much for listening to this week's edition of the Hashtag Miranda Show. For Greg DeMarco, I'm Miranda Morales. We'll be back with you next time. And don't forget to always keep it soft style. See, I was trying to find certain music to end the show with, and I didn't have enough time. And, wow. and, and now I'm and now I'm not there. Now and this is just awkward. Now this is, is just weird. Now you're it just is. making it weird. I'm trying. I'm trying really hard. And I really hope there's not a commercial at the beginning of this this video. And there's not. Look at that. See, the actual song starts so slowly. It really does. And it's not the fan version either.
Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.